This time on Kawaii Fi Radio, we ignore anime for a moment and talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We went and saw it a week and a half, two weeks ago now, and then immediately went and saw it again the next night, me and Aaron did. <laughs> <laughs> the new Makoto Shinkai film has the guys getting a bit bromantic. We loved weathering with you, but we realise it is not as good as your name. Yeah, oh well, your name was phenomenal. Yeah, I love Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love Aaron too. And we look at a classic Ghibli film set in Europe. They do a remarkable amount of stuff in Europe and catch the beauty of the landscape. And the feel of the culture. They really do. It's over 9,000! Language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi Radio. Uh, Kanichiwa, and welcome. You're tuned in to Kawaii Fi Radio, the podcast we dive into the world of anime and manga. I'm Kyle, and joining me are co hosts Aaron and Kenny. Hello. It's a Kawaii Boys episode. Yeah. The Kawaii Guys. We are the Kawaii Guys. <laughs> Hello. Yes, now this episode we were planning to talk about Tiger and Bunny because season two is out and it's good. Mm -hmm. Yes. But Aaron crushed it in our whole evening, I believe. Yes. I mean, it was only 12 episodes, not 24, thank you. 13. 13, there you go, yeah. Um, Don't question me on Tiger and Bunny. (laughs) Kira Lee, unfortunately, was not available this week and considering how much she also loves it and considering it's how you guys actually met, um, we're going to hold off until she's back in. So we've bumped Mm -hmm. it back a fortnight, maybe another fortnight, just depends on how she's travelling. So Instead, we're going to talk about a film us Kawaii Guys love by Studio Ghibli. Yay. What is it? No, you'll find out when pigs fly. Yes, it's Porco Rosso. (laughs) (laughs) See, I wanted to make that joke. I was saving it, but god damn. I got this straight to it, didn't I? Uh, Because he was hogging it. (laughs) Now, 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 let's not pig out on the puns. Um, If you are new to the podcast, welcome. We also have a YouTube channel with anime-focused videos and interviews. Um, You can find links for that and all our social medias in the episode description. But let's get stuck in first off, and we need to talk about what we've been watching. I have no idea how old I am or where I came from. Daddy, hi up. Hey, time. I gotta go. I just, I have to know. Hooray, I did that thing. Oni-chan, What we're watching. I could really go some bacon. I'm not surprised. There will be more pig references this episode. You cannot stop me. We're going ham. We're going ham. (laughs) Oh, God. So, all right. um, I think we need to start out with something that is not anime, but has its heritage firmly seated in Japan. And you should absolutely... No, stop suggesting <laughs> King of the Hill, you two. It's not an anime. <laughs> Do I look like I don't want a JPEG in? I just want a goddamn photo of a hot dog. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we are going to talk about something that me and Aaron are very passionate about and our friends, some of our friends, including uh, Dry Guy, very passionate about. Sonic 2. Sonic 2, the Sonic King. (laughs) Now, I realize you're like, I thought this was an anime podcast. Fun fact, Sonic, until Sonic X, never had a Japanese-produced animation. Hmm. All of those are Western. Sonic, Sad I Am, and Sonic... um, Oh, man, I I just remembered Sonic Says... Oh, oh, and that's no good. <laughs> I do remember there was an anime movie for Sonic, but that was, was around. It like was great, but it was 2000s. also produced by oh, the Metal Sonic one. Yes, yeah, that mm, one was so good. The was. music. I oh. mean, Sonic's always had great music. Also, didn't Knuckles have like a cowboy hat? Yes, yeah, it was wild. And I'm pretty sure he was Australian. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, but Idris Elba as Knuckles. Oh. Phenomenal. Now so all good. I can hear is Idris Elba. Good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, now, Sonic 2 is in the cinemas at the moment. We went and saw it, geez, week and a half, two weeks ago now. And then immediately went and saw it again the next night, me and Aaron did. <laughs> I came along for exactly one of those. <laughs> yeah, you came along the second night. So we went out with our friend Terry um, and... The uh, dry guy. The dry guy um, on the Thursday. And then on Friday, you were hanging out with one of your mates who was also a big Sonic fan. And we yep. went to that. Turns out Terry then went with his partner the next day as well and to a different cinema and saw it again. <laughs> well, the fun thing is, Terry went on Wednesday to see it again. With oh. his partner and my best friend. Oh, God. <laughs> this was my best friend's birthday. I love yeah. you, buddy, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but look, Sonic 2, I'm going to say this. I think it's better than Sonic 1. Oh, hands down. Like, this is one of those rare exam- moments where the sequel is better. Yeah. And I think it's because it focused more on the Sonic, Knuckles, Tails sort of thing. It instead focused of the on humans. the characters instead of the humans. Which the, is- the wedding story arc in Sonic 2 is probably the weakest link out of the entire thing but that's yeah. done by halfway and then you can forget about it oh yeah which well, is great yeah and like that's that's the thing with the Transformers movies that sucks yeah like, it was so much human stuff and it's like no we are here for the franchise the franchise is built around these characters we don't know these humans we don't care for these humans the first the first Transformer film is still in my opinion the best because they st- yeah. like they had a good they had good had a good balance, but after that, every film that came after that was more about the humans and more about the humans and less about the Transformers. Did you see Bumblebee? Bumblebee was amazing. Yes, Bumblebee was a really good film. Bumblebee knocks one straight out of the park. Oh, straight away. Yeah. Um. But Sonic Two. Um, Sonic Two. <laughs> yes. Back to the. Point. Um. Go watch it. Yes. Like even make sure you see the credit scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I can't yeah. believe I called that, and I'm not yeah. even a Sonic fan. Well, so the the they have just like with a Marvel film, they've got a post credit scene, but it's they, they do the mid credit scene, and there's not one at the very end. Yeah. Um, and it, but the animation that they have going up to it is just all nostalgia. So if you grew up playing like any of the Sonic the Hedgehog games, um, all the way up until like Sonic Advanced, Dreamcast Sonic, you will get a kick out of this. Well, um, did you? Uh, I, I think I sent it. The Kid mm. Cootie music video for the Sonic 2 movie. Oh. That's got that clip in it because uh-huh. it's all that style as well. So he's oh, one of awesome. the performers who sang it. Well, performed a rap for the video. Um, I don't necessarily know if you can call it singing a song, but, you know, he, he performed <laughs> He performed music. some music, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so for his YouTube channel, he posted that video on there and mm. it's got... His own, like, what if he was in the Sonic 2 movie? And, <laughs> That's um, great. It's actually quite interesting to watch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, look, um, Sonic 2, it introduces Knuckles. It introduces Tails. They brought back the original voice actor for Tails as well. She was on the red carpet showing and she's like, yeah. hey, guys, go check it out. And I was yeah. like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she did a phenomenal job. The and Adam- Jim Carrey was fantastic oh, as ever. Hands down. Oh, look, if like I know Jim Carrey said he's retired, but he's also said like, you know, kind of, I'll come back for certain projects. Yeah, he uh, said he would do Ace, the, a new Ace Ventura film if uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan directed it. Yep. How can you say no to a name like Jim Carrey, though? Like, if Jim Carrey even joked about you doing something, would you not just straight away do it? Mm. Okay, I'm going to need to find a script for that. <laughs> yeah, like, I would just start, like, I'd find my nearest coffee shop, get a coffee, start typing. <laughs> you know what they could do? They what? could make it all about him chasing after a rare hedgehog for Ace Ventura, and they could pull <laughs> off that because it would work. The rare in that. blue hedgehog. I was just about to make that joke. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, halfway through, he finds, like, a red kid, and he's like, this won't do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I mean, maybe that's a bit too meta for some of them, but hey, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it would fit. But yeah, the way they've kind of done it is it suggests that, um, and I mean, this makes sense for Sonic, like Jim Carrey as Robotnik. Robotnik's done. You can't keep reusing the same villain for like three, four, five films. Like you do need some variety. So they've left it in a spot where it's open for him to come back, but he's not going to be the next big one. So for Sonic 3, which has already been confirmed, and Knuckles, the TV series, which is also confirmed. Yay. Like, what on earth? I'm so excited. Um, they've said, oh, okay, look, um, we'll, we'll take this in a different direction. And uh, you've got to watch the post credit scene to see who the next big villain is. Well, I don't necessarily know if he'll be a villain. Yeah, I mean, well... Spoilers! There, there are options for it, but it's like, because of the events that occur in the last quarter of that film, it opens up about eight different storylines that we could go down. Which we did discuss very thoroughly. Yeah. Um, we won't go into that here, because this is not a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast. Hi, welcome um, to Sonic Hedgehog podcast. <laughs> is the, the hedge, we gotta go fast. <laughs> hedge podcast. Hedge fund. <laughs> That's what our Patreon would be the called. Hodge, the, 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 oh, man, I can't think of a good pun on hedgehog and podcast so hogcast no no that makes me think of roadhog like whole hog cast (laughs) okay that's that's a pig pun don't be a bore the ring cast that could work how precious precious. (laughs) (laughs) no it's all about all the rings all right anyway let's go back to anime um sonic the hedgehog is getting an anime now (laughs) (laughs) a new one let's go Uh, lord of the rings is getting an anime we're gonna talk about the biggest series that's out at the moment that we've been watching which is spy x family oh it's so cute it's so good it's amazing i haven't seen the anime for it yet yeah but i just read the first 11 chapters because hey guys the shonen jump app which totally isn't promoting us or giving us anything but they totally could should it totally should <laughs> um has the first 11 chapters and it's also got a half chapter in there that's also free 8.5 mm. which is when they could order aquarium for a nice little family day oh it's uh yeah look the anime is being produced by wit and cloverworks like it's phenomenal it's so beautifully done and it has all the right pacing and energy so far i'm the so humor happy with it. is great i have to mm. say it's just it's so it's wholesome, but not. <laughs> and it's a, it's a really good adaptation of the manga as well. Now, there's been there was a bit of controversy because some nutter uh, on must, TikTok. Must we give this full attention now? Well, I think I think it's worth saying. Some nutter on TikTok said that they were um, making the child daughter lewd. Yeah, uh, they weren't. You clearly haven't had a relationship with a parent. Yeah, it's that you know. Oh, look, he's touching the girl and she's blushing. It's just like. He's She's a father giving his daughter a hug. A daughter who has been in and out of foster care her entire life and not had a stable family or anyone praise her. And had met everyone think, make like act like she's weird and basically ostracize her. Yeah. To be fair, she's a bit weird. Just she's awesome. She's a psychic. She can read everyone's mind. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> um, but if I can, I'd like to plug out other local Perth who's also been doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She covered a video on Spike's family where she reviewed the first episode and... I, look, when I say this, I'm not making fun of you. I love you very dearly. But half of the video is her going, oh, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's the sweetest, most precious thing. Can you blame her? No, absolutely we, not. We might try and drag her in to have a chat someday. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, be, be a good laugh. Oh, so, uh, yeah, plug her. Her YouTube name is Thet Kennedy. So, The T Kennedy. Oh, it's The T Kennedy because it's T for Kennedy. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. I just kept reading, reading it as Thet Kennedy and I was like, the heck is a Thet Kennedy? Her hair is radioactive pink. <laughs> yeah. Does that remind you of anyone? Chica! 
I was going to say, oh, Anya. Ah, <laughs> now we know why. <laughs> now, moving on from Spike's family, we need to talk about a series that I think all of us so far who have seen it have universally enjoyed it, and that's Love After World Domination. Oh, my goodness, yes. This... I need to catch up with you guys, but I only hear good things. So this is... Um, imagine it's, imagine it's uh, the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers. Except dating that, us a little, but yeah. Yeah. Look, they're, <laughs> Any they're still of the going. Power Rangers. Any of the Power Rangers. Um, and Rita Repulsor, or one of the big bad guys that you had, is actually a girl who's also at the college with them, and her and the Red Ranger fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> That's and basically the storyline. The thing is, it's not even like at the college or any, like yeah. anything outside of work that they fall in love. It's while they're out on a mission and they have that face to face, and the Red Ranger just goes, oh. And then he goes back to the lab and he just he's working out for literally 10 hours straight and their equivalent of Zordon is just like, are you okay? <laughs> so he asked him for dating advice and the professor's like, oh yeah, let me help you. And the guy's like, is it okay if I date? The professor's like, yeah, go for it. Ask her out. It'll actually help you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but he doesn't know who he's talking about. He's like, I have a woman I love. And he's like, what? <laughs> okay, but one of the beautiful Easter eggs in this series mm. um, that I noticed mm. as soon as it happened, because I've got um, one of my close friends, Thomas, and he loves uh, Kamen Rider. Yeah. Now, in Kamen Rider Build, the belt has a voice. I mean, I'm pretty sure in most of the series, they, the belt they has a voice. most yeah. have voices, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and I only picked up on it because it says things in the same way, but the voice for the transformations in... Love After World Domination is the same as the belt in Kamen Rider Drive. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Kamen Rider Build, sorry. So they hired the same dude. Oh, that is a great nod to another Sentai one. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I watched it and I was like, hang on. So I sent it to Thomas and I was like, dude, can you confirm for me that this is the same voice? Because it sounds like him. He's like, yes, that's the same voice you're thinking of. Because I was like, isn't it the voice that goes, rabbit, tank, best combo? <laughs> oh, God. That is actually like, how. Yeah, that's Kamen actually Rider it. is silly, but I get the appeal oh, of it. I was going to say, like, it's surprising that two seasons in a row we've had a Sentai-based anime. I love mm. it. And I'm loving both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't normally talk about Sentai because it is kind of a bit of a niche sort of thing. Uh, we in, should uh, but, get a um, lore master on one of these days. Hi, yeah. yes. Do you need one? Yeah. Oh, remember, I've got contacts. That's right. Yes. <laughs> you are the network king. Um, <laughs> I like the fun. Uh, Um, Sorry. (laughs) Now, uh, Love After World Domination, hilarious, really cute, really heartwarming and wholesome. The putties are hilarious as well. The voice acting for them, the the skull guys, I think they are in this. um, it's, It's worth checking out because it's just so... Fun watching the dynamic constantly shift between enemies and lovers. Yeah, because well, they, they have to put on that facade in front of their coworkers. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's basically like um, Konosuba's take on the fantasy uh, isekai genre. It's taken the Sentai ones and it's a complete parody of it, and it's fantastic because That's of great. it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so definitely worth checking out. Also, Crunchyroll worldwide. What a surprise! Everything's Crunchyroll at the moment. Um, so yeah, if you've been watching something interesting, what you're enjoying from this season, because my God, this is a jam-packed season. So many um, sequels. Jam. Yeah. Let <laughs> Let us know over on our socials or over on the YouTube comments, and uh, we'll uh, we'll read it. Tell us your favorite jam in the comment section. Have Mind I dropped Rathbury. a friend in each of these ones? Yes, I have. You have. You have. You are the network king. Aaron's win social. Well, we, I was going to say, like we we've actually been able to socialize quite a bit the last 
week and a half. That's true. Which has been, well, I say we've been able to socialize. We've been able to hang out with other people, but we've also been so busy preparing for the con, which is why we've been seeing so many people to prep stuff. Yep. Um, but with that in mind, we do need to get on to our main topic, and that is when pigs fly. Wi-Fi Radio. It's a bathhouse for the spirits. Totoro came back, Dad. I saw it. It's Laputa, a floating island. Miyazaki! I should have probably got our team three years ago to say Ghibli instead, but this is a Miyazaki, so who cares? <laughs> I didn't even know we had this. Yeah, it's yeah, been a while since we've used one. Well, like, remember when I first joined and you guys bullied me into watching all of the Ghibli films? We didn't bully you, we just said, oh man, you should check him out. And you were like, well, I and they're now all on Netflix, so I might as well. No, it was more like, oh, you really need to watch them because, you know, it's an important part, you know, to be on this podcast. I was like, okay. I'm no sorry. pressure, but watch them. I'm sorry yeah, if you felt like you were being pressured into watching them. But did you enjoy them? It, well, I'm pretty sure we covered it in that episode. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Poco Rosso was listed as my number one. Yeah. So this is a nice little <laughs> circle back. Yeah. Um, so Poco Rosso, um, the flying red pig. No, um, it's 1995 Studio Ghibli. We got the English dub by Disney in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, directed, written, and created by Miyazaki Hayao and music by longtime Ghibli collaborator Hisashi Joe. And referenced in The Simpsons. Wait, it was? Man, Simpsons have referenced everything now. So. I mean, oh, probably properly at one stage, but there was also that episode where Lisa kicked the barbecue and it went flying, like the, uh, the pig on the spit, yeah? That's, that's a reach. That's a reach. It's a flying pig. I mean, and look, I'm pretty sure it was red. Come on. I was going to say, if they're going to put anything on there, it should be the um, the tailspin soundtrack. I was thinking DuckTales. Tailspin. But look, as with every Ghibli film, there's stunning landscapes, beautifully crafted soundtrack, and a great ride that's so enjoyable that it's so very easy to just watch it. For it being a Japanese company, they do like a remarkable amount of stuff in Europe and... Mm-hmm. So perfectly catch the like beauty of the landscape. It's they really do. But I love the feel of the culture. Oh yeah, this is set in 1929. It's after World War One, and it's in the Adriatic Sea. Now that's the Mediterranean, the eastern coast of Italy. So the back half of the boot, mm-hmm. basically. Um, there's the heel. Yeah, yeah, and the calf as well. Yeah, okay. um, but so they managed to recover from everything by fully healing. No. Okay. No, the, no, they, they go to repair shops instead. Um, now, this is um, set along that eastern coast and over through the Adriatic where there's, I think, we, we were looking at this earlier, about 1,200 islands. Yeah. It's like, what? In <laughs> picturesque blue like, seas. I, I, I wasn't really going to head back to Europe for quite a long time, but now I'm like, if I go back to Europe, I'm going to go to the Adriatic. That'd be, uh, I'll stop by in Venice. I miss Venice. I love Venice. Venice was lovely. And because of this movie... I gotta go to Milan again. Oh well, yeah, but we weren't gonna buy suits again and be very disappointed by it. <laughs> we both. So when this is like twelve years ago, me and Kenny went on a European trip with our mates, and um, we got to Milan and we're like, we're gonna buy a suit in Milan, but it was basically like the equivalent of going to like Kmart, yeah, um, uh. like Walmart. Well, actually, no, it was a bit better. I mean, they were still nice. They were still but nice. It was suits. like the equivalent of Kmart in Milan. You know, Milan's a. Yes, but you can still make the flex of this is a suit from Milan. Exactly. This and that's why true. we did it. <laughs> um, but look, it's um, the film uh, opens with our titular character, the Crimson Pig, Marco Porco Rosso Pago. Yeah, this is in a world like this is very, very grounded in reality, somewhat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's this guy walking around who is a human pig. 
Yes. And, and we don't mean chauvinistically. No. Well, a little bit. He's actually quite a gentleman. I mean, actually, it depends he, on the dub. He says that he's a womanizer and stuff like that. He says well, no, that, no, but he have says you the seen... other guy's a woman. Oh, actually, no, he does say it as himself, but he's very se- self-deprecating, isn't he? Well, well he's also using it as a deterrent. Fun fact, Porco Rosso, Porco is pork, and Rosso is red. red. He so is the red pig, the, yes. The crimson pig. And he does fly around in a pretty red plane. Mm-hmm. Which is why he gets the nickname. But he was originally a man called Marco Pagot, who was then cursed. Yes, yeah, something happened in his past. No all spoilers. we know is he was a human. He was cursed and turned into a pig. And that's all we really know. Mm. And that he has abandoned mm. the Air Force to live the life of yeah. sort of a sky pirate. Well, he's a bounty hunter. Mm. A sky rat. <laughs> he's a bounty hunter that hunts other sky pirates. Yeah. Like we- pirates that fly around in seaplanes robbing like cruise ships and stuff. Yeah. So he, uh, the film he's the opens. the space dandy of the sky. Except good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's called on to rescue a ship which is being attacked by sky pirates. And these are possibly some of the nicest sky pirates you've ever, ever actually met. We can't separate them. Get, all, get them all on yeah, the plane. They refuse to split it's up. not nice to separate them from their friends. Yeah. They, they refuse to split up the girls in the dub because it will be traumatic. <laughs> oh. um, and those children in like this is just the opening sort of scene. The arc. yeah, the sky pirates fill their like a uh, plane with all these like chaotic little girls that are just running around scared of nothing, touching all their stuff and grabbing their guns. And <laughs> Have you met children before? Yeah. They aren't scared of anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, all the planes in these are seaplanes, so they land in the water. They can you know board a ship, take people off, and that's what happens here. Um, so those children are chaotic and it's hilarious. Yes. Um, and they look so much like Ponyo. They do. They do. I mean, it fits, it fits. It's the same art style, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to, to be honest, when Ghibli draw children, they tend to look very similar. They all kind of look like Mei from Totoro. They all kind of look like the... If, if they're like three to five, they have that very specific Ghibli yeah. look. Well, I remember watching a... Uh what it was, a documentary for Spirited Away, and they were, like, spending a lot of time just studying how children move, how they, like, walk and, like, sway and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. how they react and even bounce off things when they fall off the slide or something. (laughs) No, children bounce. I know. I mean, I'm not going to say it's hilarious, but... but Well, I mean, you'd hope they'd have some, you know, bodily protection considering they're, they're delicate at that point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so in all of his films where he will have children, there is a certain kind of uncanny realism to how they uh, move about, even if their faces are strangely wide and their eyes are huge. Well, one of the I mean, things, that's, that's kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cre- yeah. Children are uncanny. They're terrifying. But one of the things I appreciate about, appreciate about Ghibli is they don't draw things how they look. They draw things how they feel. Yeah. Mm. Like when they're crying or like even in the fight scene where it yeah. was Porco versus what was it, Carlo? Yeah. Like, yeah. and they're throwing the punches and you see the, the like, effect of it. It doesn't oh, look sorry, like that in uh, real life. Donald Curtis. Donald Curtis. Yep. Uh, it doesn't look like that when you're actually watching it, but when you're when you're there and you're feeling it, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just, for starters, say Hotel Adriano, which is kind of like the hub for our story, which is literally a hotel on an island and nothing else. On a tiny little is it real? Of li- it is not. Oh. However, there are little places like that around, similar. The outro for Lupin the Third Season 4 is a building very suspiciously like it. Oh. Yeah. And that's also the Italian arc of Lupin. So Ooh. I wonder if there might have been some sort of historical 
building like that, which maybe was destroyed in World War Two, that they all reference and go, that's a beautiful location. I wish it existed still. Maybe. So there you go. But I wish that it, I wish it existed today. I'd straight up book a holiday there. 100%. Well, I mean, I was going to say, if it is real, I'm pretty sure that's, that'd be where you'd be staying mm. if you went over there. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but um, to uh, continue the story, so uh, well, Porco stops some Sky Pirates from making off with a bunch of uh, hostages and loot. Yeah, then all of the Spy Pirates captains join up at Hotel uh, Adriano, which is neutral ground. And they hire a man named Curtis, an yeah. American fighter plane pilot, to take on Porco. Well, basically to help them band together. So the the pirates unionize, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, and then they get him and uh, a, a series of events occur which requires Porco to get his plane rebuilt because it gets very badly damaged. And he goes to Milan to his engineer, despite mm-hmm. being wanted by the Italian military because he's a deserter. And I have to say, I love the Ghibli-branded engine. It's a very yeah. nice touch. Yes. Actually, <laughs> I, w- I wanted to touch on that as well. It's called the Folgore, mm. which um, I think Zatch Bell may have referenced oh. because there's a character in there called Parco Folgore. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. Interesting. Gonna... Yeah. I, I mean, I it's probably a bit of a stretch, but... Porco and Porco are pretty similar. Similar, similar. sounding, similar sounding. I'm gonna. I'm, it's apparently on the rocker cover. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, in Milan as well as meeting his engineer Piccolo, who is I love the little guy. Special beam cutter. Not that Piccolo. <laughs> no, it's a small guy who talks like this. Uh, a little bit like this, yeah. And uh, his um, niece, Theo. Theo, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And she is just the heart of this film. Theo is such her introduction is such an important turning point, and I really hope there's like some female engineers out there who are inspired by her because mm-hmm. she like considering this was 2005, and it was set in an era where people were incredibly misogynistic. Oh, absolutely! Um, she's just such a well-rounded character, and but well, I mean, it also does cover like an aspect of war which are. Uh, isn't often touched on while all the men are away mm. you know shouldering guns and uh doing the fighting it's like uh who's making all this stuff the women yeah they are they become the engineers they become the skilled workers. yeah basically piccolo's entire family line and connections every female comes in to help mm. and at the dinner table they're doing grace before you know they eat dealers and please forgive us for building a fighter plane with the hands of women. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, smooth. Um, it's, oh. I now, love the little old ladies, the little babushkas. The babushkas are Porco so good. Yeah. you three still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, the canal scene, phenomenally oh, well done. Beautiful. For now, um, we're not going to go too much into the rest of the film because it'll give away all the fun. But yeah, uh, he has to leave the um, workshop by flying. He's uh, being chased. We'll say that I said much. we're not going to give away oh. any more parts of the film. Sorry. <laughs> um, all I've got is uh, there's, he stops in at one point and he says a line and one of the guys in the bar's like, what, is that Shakespeare? No, it's Porco. See you later. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. It, what was it? Uh, farewell to like good, good times and freedom in the Adriatic. What was that, Shakespeare? No, it's Porco. No, it's me. <laughs> Wait, does that mean we can't talk about the Sky Pirates meeting Theo? Well, I was about to say, I think that's... I love the pirates because they're wholesome, despite yeah. trying to be villains, and Theo knows how to play them like a fiddle. Mm. And, like, they're not, like, 
terribly bad pirates because when she shows up, they're like, oh, it's a girl. And then somebody goes, yeah, half the world is women. Yeah. So what? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the guy who's in charge is great. I also love like, you know, um, when they're the making- The photo scene? Yeah. The photo <laughs> scene. We took a bath. <laughs> Uh, and they, they're like they're immediately on her side when you get to that point of yep. the film. They're like, no, it's all good. Um, I love also that scene. It shows how snarky and you know straight up Theo is, and you know these bills are rather expensive. No, they're not. <laughs> it's like, what do, you, what do you mean? No, they're not. And then, man, I should have padded it, made him pay more. I was just going <laughs> to say that part. <laughs> um, but look, it's. It all ends up with one epic dogfight with a hilariously unexpected ending and you're going to love it. It's a really good, wholesome film, even though it has that element of war in it. It's never to the point of being... It doesn't feel too tense. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's taking itself seriously. And it's I mean, a comfy anime. Yeah, and this is between World War One and World War Two, but it doesn't have like... I mean, it's no Grave of the Fireflies. It's not that type Thank of film. Thank goodness. Yeah. It's not that type of film. It's, this would be perfectly at home in like Disney's catalog. quite outside of the war. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everything is sunny and bright and it is lovely. It is beautiful. And the landscapes and the clouds and the panic ceramics. Like there are bits where you can see where they've done the animation a bit rougher because of the speed the craft is travelling at, so it feels like you're I mean, getting yeah, Well, rushed. yeah, we need to remember this is a film from the 90s, and yeah. a oh, lot of the stuff I'm not was saying, still hand-drawn I'm not saying like it's that. bad. Like, when you see those scenes, that's been done on purpose, because when you think about it, when you're moving really fast, close to the ground, you don't see fine detail. No. Well, that's what I was saying Everything before. Blurs. They draw it how it feels, not how it looks. Exactly. Um, now, we've... It's just... Mm. I still just love... This is hand-drawn... And just mm. watching all of these kind of like super fast actiony moments, yeah, just, mm, poetry in motion. I yeah. love the old style. Now the film is based off a fifteen-page watercolor manga that Miyazaki did in nineteen eighty-nine called Hikote Jidai, literally the Age of the Flying Boat. Mm. Now it was published in Model Graphics magazine in three parts. It's a monthly magazine about scale models. Well, fun fact, you can actually get models of Pocorosa's plane. Exactly. I want one. I need to um, get one. And it's Why part- the hell don't I have one yet? It's <laughs> model kits as well. So you yeah. Can- yeah. Um, it's part of Miyazaki's Zasson Notes series, which were like, it's basically, he hasn't done a lot of long running mangas or anything like that. He's done like these short one hits. He's done essays explaining stuff. Mm. And they all, for some reason, end up in this model. I don't know. Have you book. seen the Nausicaa mm. one? Yeah. Whoa. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but like other manga series in this, it's a manifestation of his love for a specific topic. In this case, it's old planes. And it's filled with aircraft from the 1920s, heavily modified to be Miyazaki style, which is what we see in the film. Yeah. And then the technical details, technical drawings, as well as with the men, good-hearted, silly men who love these planes. <laughs> um, and that's basically what this film is kind of about. It's, it's a love story. Men who love their planes. Yeah. Why does that sound familiar except for the last part? Good-hearted, Good-hearted silly, silly man. Who love their anime. I mean, <laughs> It's <yeah>. us! <laughs> no, um... We're men. We're men and tights. Tight tights. Um, on that note, I need to talk to you about a close pay project. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. You're going to be my King Richard. <laughs> Wait. Are we talking Hamilton? Men in tights. Oh, You're going to be Patrick Stewart. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to the letter. Now, um, not to be that guy, but you've got the hair for it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Sorry. And what's that supposed to mean? You've got a beautiful beard. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, we do need to talk about the dub 
Now, there were two dubs done for this, and this is the case with a lot of early Ghibli films. There was one done through an independent company for Japan Airlines, Mm -hmm. which was normally within a few years of the films coming out, and then Disney started doing their dubs in the early 2000s. Now, the dub for Porco Rosso came out in 2005, 10 years after the original film. Porco is voiced by Michael Keaton. Hot damn. The OG Batman himself. Donald Curtis, our antagonist, is voiced by Carrie Ellis. Yes, Robin from Robin Hood Men in Tights, the Dread Pirate Roberts and the Princess Bride. He puts on a southerner accent despite being the most British actor. (laughs) Oh, you mean like House did? Yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Theo is voiced by Kimberly Williams Paisley. Now, you might know her very well. She's done mostly a lot of sort of TV series and stuff, um, but she does a phenomenal body. She literally embodies the character of Theo. Very, very underrated actress. Mm -hmm. Like, she was fantastic in this. Now, this is one of the early dubs by Disney. It's not bad, but there are moments when you question the script of some of the characters, like uh, Ferrarian and Gina. There are bits where it sounds a bit stilted, like they were in the middle of thinking something and then transitioned into talking. It doesn't necessarily flow very well in some of those parts. Ah. So, yeah. Um, And that's probably the only thing I can say bad about it. Like, it's the side characters. The main cast, fine. Mm-hmm. Like th- there are moments where it kind of slips up a bit, and that would have been just because of the early translations and how they were doing it. But yeah. it's not bad. It's That's not good. bad at all. It's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, now the good news is Porco Rosso, like almost all the Ghibli films, is on Netflix. Yes. If you're international, if you are in America, HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yep. Because remember they had that weird deal. Yeah. Go through last year. Or year before. hit a VPN. I don't know. Do a yeah. thing. Do a do a thing. Um, but. Um, it's worth watching. I love it. Definitely. Like, I, I hadn't seen Porco Rosso when me and Kenny first met. And you were the one that convinced me to watch it. And it's one of my favorite Ghiblis. I mean, a lot of Ghibli films have just this... Uh, there is an underlying focus on air travel and mm. airships and stuff like that. A lot of his work just have so much to do with flying machines. You can see it's yeah. like one of the like great loves in the Ghibli films. And this is the one that just sort of pulled it right into focus, as, mm. as well as uh, as the wind rises and stuff like that. Well, I was going to say, like, it's it's kind of funny when you think about it. So uh, Miyazaki loves uh, planes, mm-hmm. plain and simple. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, ha- uh, Anno, who does uh, Neon Genesis and uh, Shin Ultraman and Godzilla, loves trains, and he's always said he loves trains. That's why there's so many trains in those films and series. Oh. Yep. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but there's another like old school, long serving actor actor that loves boats. Mm. It might actually be um, Shinkai. Might be actually, yeah, that would check out. I mean, the detail he puts in his boats are insane. But I he mean, does he has more to do with like weather and clouds and rain. Actually, yeah, I think he just likes wet weather. So what you're saying is we should get them together and they can form Dinozenon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> would be. Shin Gib Comics Zenon. Shin Gib Comics Zenon! I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I managed to come up with that off the cuff. They managed to get us to form one terrifying animator. I mean, Junji it'd be pretty. Ito. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he just loves horror. Um, now, no, um, he likes guinea pigs and teddy bears. He does, actually. He's really weird. He's very soft. He's like the most, he's the most soft and adorable human being, well, and all of his work is terrifying and disturbing. Well, I was going to say, like, you know the musician Rob Zombie? Like, he does sort of like industrial metal, right? Yeah. yeah. To get himself hyped up before he goes on stage, he listens to Bad Disco. 
<laughs> yeah, I, th- this was on Alice Cooper had his own, uh, radio show, right? <laughs> and he and Rob Zombie have done many shows together, so he's an authority. And he's like, he was about to pay a Rob Zombie film. He's like, do you want to know something funny? <laughs> and he's like, I walked in on him and he was playing bad disco. I'm like, I'm talking about the stuff that people who love disco go, nah, man, that's not okay. <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding? <laughs> but hey, if it gets his juices going, do it. Like, yeah. Imagine that being your Super Saiyan trigger. <laughs> Bad <is>. disco. <laughs> well, I just imagine it's disco. Like you're walking past a nightclub and Earth, Wind and Fire suddenly comes on and you're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, Porco Rosso, it's one of many wonderful Ghibli films. And if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. It's PG. It's well done for the family. The dub doesn't have any swearing in it that I'm aware of. Would you of. say that it's like a good kind of an introduction to Ghibli like would you put it as one of the first ones you'd tell people about I'd put it as very accessible hmm. I wouldn't say first one because then you watch the rest and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of them are very out of reality well I mean look I, I think if you're new to animation like Japanese styles of animation and storytelling Porco Rosso is probably a good entry point if you're used to consuming western media because it follows a very similar three-act structure I would have said Totoro I love Totoro, Totoro or Spirited Away I think that, look, Spirited Away is always going to be considered the gateway into Ghibli because it won the Oscar. Yeah. It's got that much reach. But I don't necessarily think it's the best entry point. Okay. Um, I think, like, once you got, if you're going to start with the best, you are going to be disappointed in other parts. I'm not going to suggest you go watch Pompoko with all the Tanukis. Um, I, yeah, that, or My Neighbors, the Yamadas. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yikes. Like, they're, they're not necessarily ones that are good for you. No, or, more, I'd say Laputa and Porco Rosso. I like Laputa. Yeah. I think. Oh, I mean, um, I do. My one problem. How's Moving Castle? How's Moving Castle? That one's insane. Heavy. Mm-hmm. Didn't one of our old presenters beautiful. have a tattoo of it? D. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. D. D's got a tattoo of it. She. It's literally her favorite anime of all time. I. I. I'd gathered. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. I know her quite well outside of all mm. of this. So yeah. No. I'm. <laughs> I was going to say we've got quite a big group of friends who jump in and help out for here and there and whatnot, which is great. Mm. I'm very glad I'm part of the anime community. Yeah, we're a very big, open, welcoming community. Mm-hmm. Um, righty. So, yes, uh, if you want to watch it, Netflix mostly worldwide. I'm not sure what the rights agreement is in Japan, but Netflix um, for most of the world and uh, North America, HBO Max. And we all have very different tastes, but we can all agree that this is like up there. It's up like, uh, in the top five, easily. Yeah, easily. It's great. It's good. So, if all of us could agree on this, it's pretty. If you haven't seen it yet, it's, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And, and, and saying that as well, like, we disagree on a lot of animes. We do. And there's like, a lot of things that we're like, oh, yeah, like, cool if that's for you. It's not really for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now. 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 On the note of Makoto Shinkai, we've got to go to the news. Kawaii Radio. Tonight on Anime Communicate. Great story. Compelling and rich. Nothing brings ratings up like a little controversy. Who the hell's mentioned Makoto Shinkai? Well, we mentioned when we were talking about the uh, trains and uh, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. All right, yeah, yeah. fair enough. And Ma- the giant abomination. <laughs> <laughs> the Mecca. Um, Makoto Shinkai's new anime film, Suzume no Tojiro, literally Suzume's door locking, mm-hmm. um, is had its... Puberty. Sp- ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's had its first film, come, uh, first teaser trailer come out 
Oh my god. Uh, I was in the comments section for oh, like the live chat yeah. when that was coming and everyone went, oh, it's because it's gorgeous. They did, yeah, they did a, um, what was it, a uh, premiere on YouTube um, on Toho's channel about oh, four, four days ago, five, four days ago of recording, six days ago as a podcast episode release because mm-hmm. we record on the Saturday and sell on the Monday. Um, Sell on the Monday? Release on the Monday. We ain't got no money. We've already deducted the funds from your account. (laughs) (laughs) It appears to be to do with time and dimensions and space and stuff like that. It's a action-adventure road trip film. Really? Yep. Doesn't look road trippy to me. It does to me because they're literally going to travel all over Japan closing these mysterious doors that are bringing catastrophe through them. What about dogastrophe? They're in the pound. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, now, give you the pound. It's his first um, new film in three years since he did Weathering With You. Now, we loved Weathering With You, but we realise it is not as good as your name. Yeah. Oh, well. Like, your name was phenomenal. Like, I love, yeah, I love Aaron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love Aaron too. Um, so this is set... Um, I'll, I'll read the actual synopsis that's been officially done. It is... As with a lot of these films, it is a little bit wandering and wavy, but bear with me. So the other side of the door, the time was time in its entirety. 17-year-old Suzume's journey begins in a quiet town in Kyushu when she encounters a young man who tells her, I'm looking for a door. What Suzume finds is a single weathered door standing upright in the midst of ruins as though it was shielded from whatever catastrophe struck. Seemingly mesmerized by its power, Suzume reaches for the knob. Doors begin to open, one after another, all across Japan, unleashing destruction upon any who are near. Suzume must close these portals to prevent further disaster. Now we go a bit weird. The stars, the sunset, the morning sky. Within that realm, it was as though all time had melted together in the sky. Drawn in by this mysterious door, Suzume's journey is about to begin. A lot of anime synopsis like, speak in weird kind of poetic riddles. I know, right? <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that Japan still embraces doing like traditional like poetry mm. and makes it part of it's just a part of their descriptive culture, which is beautiful. Um, but the Shinkai says that the three important points about the film is that it's a road movie around Japan, a story about closing doors rather than opening them, and a reason to visit the movie theater. <laughs> I'm for that. Did we need the third one? Because I'm pretty sure we're good for the third one. No, uh, Sonic it, says we're pretty good. Sonic for that says one. we're pretty good for that one. But um, I think it's more in Japan that because they've had open close, open close, open close with their cinema, it's been it's something that they're all quite passionate about. Um, he also elaborates that closing doors can refer to tying up loose ends or finishing something not necessarily locking people out oh I thought it was about setting healthy boundaries Um, now Shinkai is directing and writing the film Uh, what a surprise he's also credited with the original story Um, he's credited with everything he's Makoto Shinkai there's not a single part of a project he does not involve himself in pretty much I Um, mean it's sort of his deal is he's the everyman he is Um, Tanaka Masayoshi who did the character designs for Your Name and Weathering With You is back designing the characters again so look for that same art style I mean I I, just having seen it um, Suzume's design is beautiful it raises a question to me. Uh, in Weathering With You, we saw the characters from your name. Will you we see? we'll see them all in this? I or? kind of feel like considering there's parts of the world which are destroyed and Weathering With You ended with a catastrophe, this yeah. could be set after it. Hey, Kyle, can you do me a solid real quick? Yeah. Can you just Google Translate? Mm-hmm. English to Japanese. Okay. Evolution. Shinka. And who's making this film? Makoto Shinkai. Very close, though. <laughs> Whenever the Digimon do it, they're like, Shinkai! 
<laughs> oh, okay. That's what's going on here. That's what. Um, and, right. and to be fair, he's, he's, I, I'm saying the Western version. We try to say uh, in the original Japanese because that was requested about four years ago and everyone ignored them. So it's Shinkai Makoto is his, his proper name. Shinkai being the surname first, Makoto being the... Um, Given name well, also, isn't that how they traditionally do things over there? Because it's more respectful. You don't address them by their first names. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same as like when you're writing essays in university here. You call them by their last name, not by their first name, unless you're friends with them. Yeah, yeah. And there was a whole thread about somebody going out and making friends with one of the <laughs> theorists <laughs> and putting that in their paper so that their professor would shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's animation director is uh, Tsuchiya Kenichi. They did Your Name and Garden of Words. And The Children Who Chase Lost Voices, uh, art director Tanji Takumi is in on this as well. Um, Comix Films is actually doing it with another company called Story Inc. So it's not all in-house, so that'll be interesting. And Toho is doing the international descript- um, distribution, so it will end up everywhere, which is good. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Your Name, Weathering With You, Children Who Chase Lost Voices, Garden of Words, Five Centimeters a Second. Did they do Girl Who Leapt Through Time? No. 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 That's that's a different group. Oh man. But I, that's I still amazing. that in with same. them. Well, same. But um, Now that's the people who did Summer Wars and uh, Boy and Beast and such. Oh, and the first Digimon movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bell. Which was Summer Wars. <laughs> Which was Summer Wars, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I like it. I'm like, yes. Hello, Summer Wars. I, reckon we I mean, Digimon. Si- I mean, Summer Wars. I mean, Digimon. <laughs> we used to just sit down and watch both one day and just sort of like, hey. Did you know that somebody remastered the Digimon movie in 4K? Because you, uh, you can't officially get it remastered in 4K because it's actually th- three or four OVAs put it put together to form one storyline. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's no like official American redoing it in 4K. So what they did was they got the OVAs of the Japanese ones that got re-released in 4K, put uh. the video of that, and then dubbed it using the the original track. Oh, trippy. Wait, they released the film as OVAs? The film wasn't a film in Japan. It was three different OVAs. Oh. Digimon's never done a film until um, Last. Try. Yeah. Oh, Because yeah. Try originally got released as three films. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, then we had... Um, Last, Last Evolution, Evolution Kizuna. Kizuna. God, that, that hit. Yeah. That hit cut. Oh, no. dude, if you want it to hit harder, watch Try. Yeah. Like, it yeah. will hurt you. Hooray, pain. Um, now, let's move on from the films to the small screen. And we need to talk about To Your Eternity, because season two has been confirmed. Speaking of more pain. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. Ouch. Um, <laughs> it's now got a new director and a new studio behind it. Now, that's not quite correct. The studio that has taken over, so previously Brainspace was doing it, and one of their support studios, Drive, has now taken over as the head studio, because Brainspace has been so busy, they aren't available to work on this that's one. That's fair enough. So um, this is going to have a new director who is it says pre tears pre tier I don't know what pre tier is isn't that an anime yeah um, three by three eyes OVA um, they've done a lot um, they've done a lot of storyboard work but on a director di- directorial note it's a lot of OVAs oh they were episode director for nope nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Blackjack <laughs> Special. Um, the four, four Miracles of Life. Blood Plus. They were an episode director. Oh, cool. Um, Bono Bono, 1995. I- oh, I love his band. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, okay. Episode director for one episode of certain uh, scientific railgun, but storyboarder for many of them. 
this guy's been involved in a lot of series, but mostly as a storyboarder. So this will be, I think, possibly his first role as a lead director. I, I'll have to go through this massive list and see if there's... No, that's an OVA. So that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's just one episode, you haven't directed an entire series, have you? It's the same as being an episode director. Uh, pre-tier. That's the only thing which it has him listed as. And I'm guessing that's to do with... I'm pretty sure that's a Magical Girl anime yeah, from memory. Um, Bishon and Magical Girl Mal Harum um, from... 2001. Yeah, it's mm. one. So this this guy's been around, but he's mostly been doing storyboards. So you know he's probably got a Makoto Shinkai on the storyboards and bother everyone, um, <laughs> which I'm okay with. Um, but this, um, if you haven't seen season one of To Your Eternity, like um, bring a box of tissues. I think. Every second episode at least will hurt you. Yeah, it's... The first one just hits look, you like a brick. You yeah. will not be okay. Like one episode <laughs> a day tops. Yeah, like, I mean... Maybe two at most, but st- get to the point where you've got a bad episode and then the next episode will be all right. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of shows like that. The uh, ones where you just shouldn't watch more than one. Like my dad bought the whole box set of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh. And I tried sitting down and watching all of it and I got through halfway through season one and then everything started getting a bit blurry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that get, you can't... There's some shows you just can't binge. Like, I know we've moved to that towards that culture, but some shows just aren't suitable for it because of how much focus it requires for I feel for like you. we need more shows like that. Anti-binge. Anti-binge shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if they're coming out week to week, then that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but the problem is people will then go back and binge them because we have that option. No, no, days. just stuff that makes you not binge. Like, well, stuff that's good, <laughs> but it makes you go, no more... I mean, there's shows now that are coming out that are like an hour long and that's just one episode. Like Moon Knight, for example. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I enjoy Moon Knight, but one episode and I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. It's like a really rich chocolate and you're like, oh, yeah, yep. nope, no, that's it. Yeah, dumb. All right. Well, um, on the note of uh, being done, Golden Kamoi is ending in three chapters time. Oh, wow. And by that, now I now mean two chapters time because a chapter gets released this weekend. Um, it's ending on April 28th. It's uh, going to be its 314th chapter. It's been running for six years. It's always sad Damn. when, like, you know, a big name comes to an end, but it's always mm. a good thing when it gets an ending. It's more than six years. It's been running since 2014. It's had breaks. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so there's been because it's been it's been weekly, and they've had like times where they took a month off work because they needed it. Yeah, which is fair. Like, I mean, geez, <laughs> you imagine working six years straight, releasing every weekend. Like, I know that's YouTube, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, w- we do a podcast every fortnight, and sometimes we just need to skip one because we can't make it, or yeah. like it's too much for us. Well, and that's why we've got a team, so yeah. we can shuffle through people. And like this, well, like even this then, week. like we've skipped some weeks entirely. With the- well, I mean, there was that point where we thought, you know, some of us may have had COVID. There was that point where I was moving house. There was the point when I got really ill. Like, you know, it, it happens. This year, this past year for the podcast has been a bit rocky. So apologies for the for our regular listeners if you have missed episodes because of that. But uh, we try and do what we can well like you've got to remember you're only human and you have limitations yeah also we don't really get paid for this so <laughs> we get paid in exposure we get paid in exposure <laughs> that's right i'm slowly dying from exposure <laughs> to the elements <laughs> we're brought to you by nord shadow legends <laughs> but yes golden kamoi coming to an end is it kamoi or kamui i have no idea i'm yes. gonna <laughs> I'm going to go and have a look on the official translation because i've always said kamoi but i'm pretty sure there's that's not a uh japanese golden kamui Okay. Because there's no there's no UI in the Japanese um, traditional hiragana. Kitua. So, kamui. Yeah. So, like, kamui. isn't yeah. that one of Kakashi's techniques? Kamui? 
It might be. Is that the one where he comes up behind Naruto? And no, no, that's, that's a thousand years of pain. That's Senen Goroshi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Kamui involves one of his um, Sharingan. I'm going to bring up Translate again and uh, swap it around. and Content! Uh, and, uh, Kam- Kamui. Let's um, see if Google can help. Well, yes, translate from English to Japanese. Kamui, what does it mean? He's like, translates Kamui to Kamui. What does it mean? I, I don't know. No, don't translate from it. Mm. Yeah, it's when he sucks things into the void. Oh. Yeah, using his manga cow. Because I mean, I've always thought the translation for Golden Kamui was to do with the golden treasure sort of thing, but I don't think Kamui translates as treasure. Hmm. Well, in this, it says the literal English translation for Kamui is authority of the gods. Interesting. The golden authority of the gods. Or like a golden order. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely does. I mean, in the English games, they localized it to divine threat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, well, look, it's coming to an end, and um, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's basically based all around the 20th century Russo-Japanese war, set just after it, and he's off to look for the huge fortune of gold of the Aino people. The main guy is Sugimoto Saichi, and he ends up teaming up with a young Ainu girl named Asirpa. And uh, the Ainu language in the story is actually legit, and it's supervised by an Ainu language linguist from Chiba uh, University. If you weren't aware, Ainu are one of the native um, peoples of Japan. Yeah, it's their first peoples. Yeah. Uh, We Um, had Hototo from the racing one. Yeah. Yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. um, Apari Ramen. Apari Ramen. Apari Ramen. (laughs) (laughs) Golden Kamui won the ninth Manga Taisho Award back in 2016 in its first year. No. Yes. No? Yes. 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 No. Yes. Second no. year of production because it came out in 2014. I'm yes. real good at these dates today. No. Um, it's adapted by Geno Studios. The fourth season, which is coming out this year, is by Brains Base, which we know where they've gone to after doing the first season of mm-hmm. Um So they couldn't obviously release both Golden Kamui and To Your Eternity at the yeah. same time. It's just, it's just not viable. Um, cool. Now, sticking with manga adaptations, uh, which Hat Atelier is getting an anime? Yay! Now, we've mentioned this on our socials. I know one of our Patreons, uh, Tojiko, is a massive fan of Witch Hat Atelier. It's got uh, 10 volumes out at the moment. Only eight of them are available in uh, Western countries at the moment, though. Only eight Mm -hmm. of them have been translated. But, oh, yes, I'm so looking forward to this. This is such a good manga. Okay. Now, you've mentioned this before, but it's not... I'll, I'll read the story here and you can tell me how it's wrong. Okay, okay. <laughs> the manga story centers on Coco, a girl who lives in a little village and has always dreamed of becoming a wizard. Mm-hmm. But being born without magic aptitude means that she could never become a wizard and could never hope to witness magic spark. Well... She gave up on her dream, but one day a traveling wizard named Kaifli came to her village and she happens to see him performing magic. And it goes from there. Now, this sounds like Hogwarts. Sounds like Harry Potter, right? Uh, it's not. No... No, no. Would you would you like to elaborate, Kenny? Uh, well, it's not that people have a certain aptitude for magic. It's that they are sort of... Oh, how would I even put it? There's sort of a selection process, but it's not very clear. It's the secret thing of magic is anyone could do it. Mm. And she is selected because she is accidentally given a black book of magic full of evil spells. Well, I say accidentally, but... Accidentally on evil purpose. Evil plot. Yep. And uh, so... She has to learn magic in order to save her family. Ah. And so this uh, wizard that's found her, he of also has um, 
motives of his own behind teaching her, but he's taken her under his wing as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And to say it's like Hogwarts is, there is sort of like a central magic kind of school location, and it is gorgeous. I can't wait to see it mm-hmm. in the cinema. It's beyond unique. Wait, yeah. cinema? I thought this was just... Sorry. It's a TV series, TV but series. we can probably set up the projector. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rent out a cinema for a day. Sorry, it's, yeah. Could you imagine actually renting out a cinema for a day? And- I mean, we know a cinema. It's literally down the road from your house. I know a guy. Yeah. That we can yeah. rent out, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anime viewing party at a cinema. Hell's yes. That'd be pretty dope, actually. Uh, but, so yeah, um, there are like the good wizard authority, and then there are a bunch of rogue antagonist evil wizards who do like, honestly, some really dark magic stuff. You were mentioning that some of the monsters that appear in this look like they belong in Dark Souls. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hell, I oh, I could imagine a yeah, bunch or of Elden Ring. bosses. <laughs> <laughs> See, with these descriptions, I'm also getting Ancient Magus fi- Bride feels. Yeah, similar. Um, kind of a similar feel, but um, less Nordic mythology. Less kind of Celtic and Nordic mythology, more um British almost. Well, um, I mean, there is a, there is a difference. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. But- you you did give me the first book to read at work, and I peeled through that in a night and gave it back <laughs> but like yeah it's it seems pretty good uh mm. it's one of the designs for one of the bad guys later is so creative is that the ink cape guy you don't stop talking about yes because he's just <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. basically magic is done through sort of like etching drawings certain like symbols will activate certain spells and certain inks will uh, affect the different magics. Oh, it's inscription in WoW. Yeah, basically. Not so, not so different, yes. Mm. But uh, so this guy has been practicing magic to such a degree that his whole body has become covered in ink and is now invisible. All that you can see of him is his like creepy flowing cape and floating witch's hat. Hmm. And, uh, Spooky, me likey. And it's, all of that is also full of ink, so he will lash out with the corner of his cape and scratch curse marks into people that's creepy and tattoo them eternally with a curse it's ooh, i love it does he turn anyone into a pig because uh, i think we got the origin story for poco rosso right now <laughs> <laughs> like, not a pig, no, but there, i'm assuming there are other things that are not great um now to which had to tell you has been nominated for so many awards and fell short on almost every occasion because there's been something else insanely big at the same time. So it was nominated for the Best Comic Award at Angoulême International Comics Festival in January 2019. Um, the manga was also nominated for the 11th Taish, Manga Taisho Award in 2018 as well. Um, from memory, it lost to Demon Slayer. <laughs> or Like Beastars. you said, it's like it only ever seems to lose to the big names, like Demon yeah. Slayer and Beastars. Uh, this thing no, it is- lost to Aizuken. Aiz- oh, yeah. Yep. Also yep. big. Uh, oh no no. Uh, that that year had Izuken, Pompo the Cinephile, which is now a massive film. Ooh. Dungeon Meshi. Oh. B Stars. Uh. To Your Eternity. Made in Abyss. Promised Netherland. Smile at the Runway. Make all in the same year. So it's very surprising any of them really won that. <laughs> we we know B Stars won it either that year or the year after. Um, yeah, that is just. Like, that is stiff competition. And so. the Manga Taisho Awards only let you do it with, when you're underneath a certain chapter limit as well. Uh, so okay. you can only be nominated so many years in a row. Like Delicious in Dungeons has been nominated like five times because it's a monthly manga. So it still hasn't hit that. It only recently hit that benchmark. Where it it uh, recently under it. released a new episode, which was awesome. What, the chapter? Yeah. Yeah, no, I read it last night. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Um, 
Same thing for Kono Manga Ga Sugoi. It's like this manga is amazing guidebook. It was listed in there as I think like in the top five or something. Yes. Um, along with Promised Netherlands, Beastars, To Your Eternity, um, <laughs> which had a tell you it was sixth. Check this out wherever you can, and yeah. I cannot wait for the anime. It yeah. also has a spin-off series, uh, which had a tell you in the kitchen. What? It's recipes. Recipes. Yes, I I've discovered a new recipe. I love it when animes <laughs> have recipes. <laughs> no, no, you're not saying it right. You say, I've discovered a new recipe. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, last thing on uh, <laughs> flashbacks for Aaron for Final Fantasy Thirteen. Aaron, Aaron just cracked his own. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I right. didn't know it had this much of an effect. on Now, me. the last news item we do need to talk about is production company Doga Kobo, who are currently animating Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie for this anime season. Yay. has to clo- has had to temporarily close due to staff being diagnosed with COVID-19. Balls. We are now a week after the closure. We haven't had an announcement of a reopening. So the official website of that series has announced, uh, of Shikamori is not just a cutie, has announced on Friday the anime production company is temporarily closed due to a rapid increase in staff members diagnosed with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Doga Kobo closed on April, 8, uh, April 6th and will be, remain closed until April 17th, which will be the day before this episode comes out. Um, so we'll know on the news then if it uh, does reopen. So the staff has discussed how they're going to handle future broadcasts. It is still scheduled um, and premiered the first episode, which was fantastic. Um, and it's uh, it's still meant to be going to 22 affiliated networks and then all the others. Yeah, we wish all those staff the best and hope they get well soon, of course. Yeah, now the anime was previously delayed by one week. It was meant to premiere on April 2nd. It was pushed back a week to April 9th. First episode came out. So whether the next episode comes out um, today when we're recording because it would be tonight we don't we won't know obviously until the monday when this goes out so if it has come out fantastic it means they're back at work and they're safe which is lovely to hear hopefully um if not then hopefully it'll just be another week break and everyone will be good because japan like when people get infected in japan they're pretty good about like immediately isolating looking after themselves the japanese government sent them such an insane look after pack yeah i saw that the other day have you seen um what's um, this Charlotte in Japan, which is... Is she Charmeleon now? I don't know. I don't know, but, but she, she went to a friend's house who had COVID. Her friend had the upstairs and downstairs, and her friend just stayed upstairs and didn't come down, and she received the package for her, the care package, and it was two massive boxes. It was full to the brim of... I think it ends up being about 250 US dollars worth of food goods and medicine and preparations and stuff. It's awesome. amazing. I mean, yeah, we know that Japan has been always conscientious about health. Like, their whole culture around, like, wearing masks if you're sick and stuff like that is, mm. like, very evident in all mm. of their media. No. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought you should have more to say on the, no, uh, the no, food I'm packs. Good. It was like, I'd like one of them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it had, it had lots of calorie mate in it, mm. which isn't great. Um, now that I've had it, but it's also like if you needed something and you're struggling to get it down. The, actually, no, that's what they had. Calorie mate jelly because they know if you've got COVID, it might be hard to eat stuff. Mm. So jelly's got the exact same ingredients in it. It's just in a gelatin form. So um, Dr. Very jelly has um, <laughs> brought from Japan and their friends also did. Um, <laughs> oh, God, is that the same stuff? <laughs> well, it's the same style of stuff. I had some recently. It's actually quite nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the energy jelly by Jigo. Whatever, was, uh, Daiso sells it. We, we did it when we did our, our live stream. That's what I thought. I was like, did yeah. we do that for that? Yeah, we uh, we haven't been able to do a live stream since then because we haven't had a location to actually do it at. But we yep. will once the new house is built. We will go back to live streams for the new anime season for a watch party. Yay! Um, now maybe we do the gaming thing again. You guys should play Splitgate with me. 
Splitgate? Yes, because I proposed that to you first, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll get around to it. And Kyle has completely forgotten about it. It's basically... No, no, I, I know what it is. It's Halo Portal. Yeah. The terrifying love child of the two. It's wonderful. Yes, it'll be interesting. Turns out I'm still okay at Halo. Are you? Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Righty. Now, um, that's pretty much the news. There's been so much come out um, in the past six weeks, and we haven't really been able to have a chance to cover it all properly. So jump over to our social medias, um, especially our Instagram. We have all the information you need to know that of the major developments that have come out over the past six weeks on there. Mm-hmm. All nicely in cards with the information directly but over also also on a discard as well um i'm stumbling over words but with that we've come to the end of the episode well that is where we're going to leave things for this episode thank you so much for listening now next time tiger and bunny tiger and bunny maybe tiger and bunny. maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll we'll see how Kira Lee is traveling. Maybe in Bunny. <laughs> maybe in Bunny. <laughs> Pretty sure that's one of the new heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, maybe. Now we do Possibly. have a new video in the works. It, it'll hopefully be out this coming week. So that'll be the twenty second is the plan. So on a Kawaii Friday. If we're not hit with copyright strikes for spurious reasons again, we won't be. I haven't used anything that's owned by Sony, (laughs) so we'll be fine. (laughs) Um, The video is very yellow, but it's not Pikachu, so you'll have to stay tuned. Um, It's a new type of segment we're trying. Um, We'll be at HoshiCon next weekend, which is April 23rd and 24th of 2022. And we're the sponsors. (laughs) Um, They took all our money. No, no, they took all of our work. (laughs) Because me and Kenny are running all the AV at the event because we're tech heads and know how to do that. And by being the sponsors, we can save the money by doing so. I had so. a great time of it last year, so mm. looking forward to this year immensely. Mm. We might even make a video about that. Mm, cool. Maybe maybe a bit behind the scenes. We'll see how we go with time. Yay. I'll be there doing meet and greets. Yes. So if you do come, come shake my hand. We're going to make sure we get plenty of hand sanitizer so that everything's nice and clean and everything's okay. Oh, actually, now that you mention that, Emma's got like four bottles of massive hand sanity sitting there. Sweet. We can <laughs> so... just put that all on the table and I'll crunch <laughs> through it. Um, we'll be doing a giveaway and a subscriber drive for our YouTube channel. So, oh, and we're doing a quiz. We're doing a fun quiz. We're doing a quiz. We're, we're asking silly quiz. questions. We're going to use a we're going to use a Kahoot, but not Kahoot because Kahoot's too expensive, but we're just going to steal Kahoot's music. And then <laughs> maybe some modified version of Kahoot's music. Maybe, maybe some modified version. <laughs> version of Cahoots music. Um, so come and join us. That's on. The, we'll be doing that on the Saturday. On the Sunday, we'll be running around. And Saturday night, um, we've organised all of the AV for the after party, which is the Hoshi. Sweet rave party. It's Hoshi continued. It is at the sewing room in the city. We have got DJs pumping anime music all night. It's going to be sick. And we're going to be there crying. <laughs> we are, because we're going to be so tired. Um, now, if you have enjoyed what you'd heard, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button. Join us for future episodes. If you are watching this on YouTube, hit the like button too. And let us know your thoughts in the comment section as well. If you are listening in your podcast app jump over our social media you can tell us there um we've got a lot of anime videos on our youtube channel as well and a lot more in the works Mm -hmm. um we're kind of we're in that awkward period where we're just waiting for the new studio to be built it's been five months since the pad for my new house was laid Mm. as of today five months no bricks (sighs) yeah but that's how house building goes no it's not a race (laughs) it's a marathon yeah, I know, but no, <laughs> they guaranteed me nine months. They lied, um, but we'll see. Um, that's once that's all set up and nice. We'll have a nice open plan kitchen where we can shoot silly things in. We'll have a nice little theater section. Let's where try we to can... make the pancake again. 
the, the pancake one in cake. the rice cooker. Oh, God. Oh, I've done that before. It's really good. We did, and it was really bad, but it might have been our rice cooker. <laughs> I used to hang out with uh, Prince of Tofu, and we made some. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Pr- Prince of Tofu, or as uh, we just call them, Prince. The definitive article is one of the team at HoshiCon. They are wonderful and are managing all of the booths and artists. Um, yeah, if, Actually, if you aren't aware of what HoshiCon is, it is a community convention that we started last year here in Perth. Mm. Um, and it's huge. Um, Jazz and John from Hoshi and Nanny TF, uh, yep, <laughs> love his brand, started this as an idea because all of the conventions got cancelled. But in WA, we weren't having a COVID outbreak because our borders were locked down. So they're like well, let's just do something for the community. And it went off. We sold out. Um, So this year, we've like tripled the size of the area. We have an outdoor stage with DJs. We've got performances. We've got a Ninja Warrior course, an inflatable one. Which I'm going to be wearing a Naruto costume for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why not? We've got an artist and vendor hall. We've got a gaming hall and a photography booth. Um, We're going to have local um, Perth gaming companies come in and demonstrate some of their games. Oh, neat. Which is going to be awesome. There's There's a group of guys who do like a Beat Saber style game, but for metal music in VR. Yeah. Is it like headbanging or is it still the ones? Still the ones, I think. Oh man, I'd love to like headbang. <laughs> but it's 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 not just that though. Like the instead of the beats, they're enemies. So you're striking enemies down with the corresponding coloured weapon. There's Wicked. actually a VR game that's kind of similar called Mason Grace, and it's got huh. bonus levels that are Beat Saber. Uh-huh. So if you do well, it gives you Beat Saber levels where you have to hit certain enemies with certain clubs or weapons. Oh. Yeah. I do wonder if it's the same guys. I don't know. They're no, a local no, group. This is this an is, alt- Oh, well, this is early access on Steam at the moment. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, now, if... Um, we are going well on tangents again, but if you would like to support the channel, we also have a Patreon. Big thank you to our Patreons for supporting us and keeping us going. We share extra content such as episode outtakes, video extras, and the pre-show. Um, today's pre-show was very long, and I'm going to have to edit some of it out because we said some really dumb things. Yes. Um, so if you can't afford <laughs> Which to support normally us, normally isn't a problem. <laughs> Sorry. But um, well, Kenny said some really dumb things. I say <laughs> dumb things. And Aaron um, ended it on a terrible note. I like that note. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm very concerned about you. <laughs> um, so if you can afford to support us, it'd be greatly appreciated and you'll get to hear some non-anime content, which, you know, like Sonic 2. If you'd like to join the community um, with us, there are tons of links in this episode description for our social media channels, for news, memes, and all that. So head over to there, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. And with that, you've been listening to Kawaii Radio. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, watch, watch some anime! anime.